This is the Beyond the Profi podcast, the podcast that empowers you and inspires you to seek career excellence while pursuing your passion. And I'm your host, Jasmine Haley. special guest. My guest today is Danny Dugan and I'm very excited to actually have her a part of this podcast because I met her at the Beyond the Beltways inaugural CE event and I guess it was was it August I think? It was August, I believe. And yeah. uh immediately she actually arrived late by the way, but um <laughs> <laughs> So it was not easy to miss her, but um, what I appreciated about her was the contribution that she gave to the event and the discussion, and then in addition to that, I got a chance to hear about her amazing journey in dental hygiene. So I had to bring her on the show to share her journey, to share her story, hopefully empower and inspire you all, and then perhaps you can utilize her or... Um, request to speak to her at another time uh, because I think you'll learn a lot from her in the short period that we're that we're going to talk but also there's so much more I'm sure we're only going to get to the tip of the iceberg so welcome Danny to the show thank you thank you so much I'm so excited and you know it's so funny because I did not mean to be late that night but (laughs) It was just one of those days where, you know, the last patient shows up when they feel like it and you still have to see them. And Mm -hmm. every hygienist that's listening to this will definitely understand. Absolutely. Oh, me. Yeah, yeah. Well, I was actually, I really enjoyed having you a part of that discussion. Um, You definitely brought some life to it. You know, sometimes it's not easy when you're eating all that good food and and you're having some great drinks. Um, you know, you kind of get relaxed and uh-huh. ease in, but I loved having, you know, you're a part of that discussion. So tell us a little bit about yourself. Like, where did you go to dental hygiene school and, and what kind of led you into this career? Well, um, I was a dental assistant, uh, expanded functions for a whole, a, a very long time. And um, I finally just you know, you kind of have that conversation with you and God, and it's like, okay, Danny, you got two choices. You can either go back to school or you can remain a dental assistant. And remaining a dental assistant is not a bad choice. Mm -hmm. It just means you've given up the right to whine about what you can't do. Mm -hmm. And so I went back to school. And um, I worked full-time as a dental assistant, and I did my prerequisites at... um, Montgomery College, Mm -hmm. and then I applied to Howard University, and I graduated there, and then when I, yeah, when I finished, I knew that I wanted my bachelor's, and Howard's program was not a backward program, and so I went straight into degree completion at University of Maryland, Baltimore, Mm -hmm. and uh, finished my bachelor's in dental hygiene, and so 
that's kind of kind of how I came to get into hygiene because it was for me it was a natural progression I I, I was really tired of not having my professional judgment respected just because I didn't have a piece of paper. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, and so you have to, you have to kind of get to a place where you get uh, uncomfortable being comfortable. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> I tell you, you know, um, I started this because I was doing the Mom Genus podcast, and of course, we talk about motherhood and and kind of balancing everything, which is not a true balance really honestly and you know you do the best that you can and um i found that my passion for career satisfaction and promoting that career excellence and and finding that that i guess comfortable not a true comfortable level but being comfortable with being the best version of yourself yeah it really fit into mom genus and so Mm -hmm. that's why this was created because Two years ago, I was just completely miserable in my professional life. And I was happy personally. I have an amazing husband. I have two beautiful kids. All of Mm -hmm. that was great. But my professional life was just a mess. The fact that I was full Mm -hmm. of anxiety. I um, was just, I I was constantly complaining and never really looking towards myself as, okay, there's something here that I need to fix. And so... Uh-huh. I think having this discussion and seeing how you kind of took charge of, okay, this is what the change that I need. This is the way I'm going to elevate myself. And I'm a firm believer and a firm advocate of that. And that's, you know, getting getting an education, whether that be in CE classes and elevating yourself that way or formally going to a higher education and, and getting a degree. Absolutely. Absolutely. And you have to do something. I mean, I... I just knew that I couldn't stay there. Mm-hmm. I couldn't stay in that same place. Mm-hmm. Even if I failed, I still would have been okay because I tried. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, there's my journey. I mean, it took me 10 years to do it, mm-hmm. but that's okay. As I say to people many times when, you know, they say, wow, that took a long time. I'm like, 10 years is going to pass anyway. How are you going to spend your 10 years? Because I can tell you every step I took for those 10 years, okay? Um, I can tell you every hill, every valley, every mountaintop that happened in that 10 years. I can tell you right now about it, okay? (laughs) Yes, (laughs) ma'am. And and I, unlike you, I didn't have children, mm-hmm. but I was a non-traditional student. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I was, when I took my first prerequisite to go to hygiene school, I was 37 years old. Wow. <laughs> mm-hmm. Wow. And, and so I I knew that I had to do something. Um, and I say that because somebody that's 35, 36, 37, who's being told that they can't grow anymore, I'm a living witness that you can. Mm. You can. That is powerful. 
because you know what the the demographic of dental hygiene students are changing completely just completely mm-hmm. now when i went to school that was just 10 years ago that i graduated from dental hygiene school mm-hmm. most of them were around the age that i was which was what like 21 22 mm-hmm. years old or what have you mm-hmm. um there was one lady that was actually in her 40s that had grown children mm-hmm. but everyone else was around there but then you know fast forward to me being an educator and teaching full-time well many of them uh-huh. with that had children or um, this may have been their second or third transition in their career and mm-hmm. they were much older than than I was mm-hmm. and so it's definitely changing and I think it's important for for professionals especially the educators to see you know when we meet individuals who may be in that walk of life where they're you know taking their time but small steps are still steps that's right towards something you know that's to right. be that to be that I guess that support for them to be and to let them know that it is possible and I, I really love that you mentioned that mm-hmm. um, and it, that that's something that definitely needs to be showcased more yeah, because it, it, it is doable. Um, I won't tell you that at 37, you don't have to kind of modify how you study and those types of things, because you do. Um, simply because you are used to learning differently. Um, but having said that, if you want it bad enough, you'll get it. I promise you, you will. Um, and, and it really, I, I too, like you, am an educator. And so I have a very hard time um, allowing students to tell me about what they can't do. Mm. <laughs> you want to know yeah, I, I'm that one. Okay. <laughs> I am that one. All right. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> Unashamedly, I'm that one. <laughs> but we have to, because if I, if I'm really the educator that I want to be, then hopefully I make my students just a little bit uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Because the moment I do that, then I know you're growing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I know that you're growing because it's not about me. You know, it's really not. When we're teaching, whether we're educators or we're clinicians, it's not about us. Mm-hmm. It's about the people we serve. Absolutely. It's about the people we serve. Man, you know, if we... I was just re-listening to an episode that I'm going to be putting out this week, and we were talking about being a servant leader. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you need that type of thinking in order to be in a positive mindset and a growth mindset. Mm-hmm. Because sometimes when we take a look at our current circumstances or, you know, there's, of course, there's going to be negativity, negativity around the world anyway. Just you mm-hmm. can open up your front door and look at it. You know, you're never going to sure. be. Full- <laughs> okay. <laughs> Fully around, you know, um, positivity at all times. But 
that when you are in a position to care or to assist others who may not have as much, it reframes your mind and your thinking. And and I really love the fact that you you point that out. But there's a there's a caveat to that though, because sometimes as women we tend to care so much about others that we forget to give ourselves self care. Very true, very true. But I will tell you, um, that ten year journey, I literally gave up just about everything because I knew I was going to have to in order to accomplish it. Um, I took one really, really nice vacation when I was about halfway through my prerequisites because I knew that I wasn't going to get an opportunity um, to take another vacation for quite a number of years. Um, And so when I finished my journey, um, it was, I mean, right up there with passing board exams, <laughs> mm-hmm. was getting my life back. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it was right up there. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so I, I'm a real, um, advocate of taking care of yourself. Because I know what it feels like to not be able to do that. Mm-hmm. And it does wear you out. And you can't, you can't be as effective because you're so worn out and you're, so, you're pulled in so many different directions. And I think one of the things that, that I had to learn, and I still have to hold myself back, is you have to be able to say no. It's all right to say no sometimes because we can't do everything. Absolutely. And the moment you do that, then you can achieve balance. Mm. You, you really can achieve it because you've allowed yourself the right to say no. You know, or even to say, let me think about it, mm-hmm. you know, but don't just immediately say yes. And that's just my nature to immediately say yes. Mm-hmm. And I really and truly had to learn, I mean, teach myself to say no, or at the very least say, let me think about it and let me get back to you. You know, that's a hard one for me too. Setting those boundaries, but I tell you the when you start feeling like that overwhelmed feeling or just Mm -hmm. like, why did I? I tell you that will definitely make you think twice. (laughs) The (laughs) next time. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, because there's plenty of times where I've told myself I will never do this again. Like, why am Mm -hmm. I doing this to myself? Why am I doing it to myself? I know. I listened to a really good podcast with Oprah Winfrey that that talked about that. Really? Yes. And she asked herself several questions prior to responding to someone. 
because she found herself saying yes to everything, you know, because she wanted people to like her. And she said that was the biggest lesson in her life. Yep. Yep. Getting over that hurdle. So, you know, is what does this person mean to me by doing this to them? How would this make me feel by doing this for them? How would it make me feel? Those are the types of questions that she now asks herself. Mm. And she's no longer concerned anymore about, you know, will they like me? Will they say that I give back, you know, enough? What would they say about Oprah, you know? So those are some things like, I'm not Oprah, but (laughs) (laughs) I've got to protect my time because I've had two little kids and I have a family and, you know, I am doing a lot of ambitious projects right now. So I definitely, I appreciate that. But I do want to, I want to go back to the fact that, you know, you mentioned not staying in your comfort zone because what I found when you were telling me about what you've done and I listened to you speak about something that I felt was so unique, I was like, wow, I want to get to know this woman because I'm like, she is fierce. <laughs> and <laughs> the reason why it that word popped into my head was because you told me that you worked in Jamaica mm-hmm. and you were a program director of a dental hygiene and dental assisting program down there. So mm-hmm. how did that come about and how did you find the courage and the I guess the bravery too to really get out of your comfort zone and and seek career excellence outside of the United States you know <laughs> it's it, it's a very odd kind of journey but I, I will tell you I wasn't looking for it it found me and that's the absolute truth. It found me. I was um, I was working as a full-time instructor at Howard University in the same program that I graduated from, and I was happy, and I had probably had been in my house maybe two years. You know, all of the things that I had worked for had kind of were kind of coming to fruition for me. And so this really literally dropped in my lap. And um, a colleague said, you know, I got an email about a uh, dental hygiene program in Jamaica. I said, really? I said, just shoot me the email. (laughs) And that's how it happened. And I read it and I said, that sounds interesting. And so I said, I have nothing to lose by applying. And I applied for an instructor position, not the program chair position. I did not apply for that position. Wow. <laughs> okay. Wow. And exactly. That wasn't even on my radar. I was just thinking, oh, I'll just take a leave of absence and I'll go teach for a year and it'll be a great experience and I'll come back home and all of these. Well, <laughs> um, <laughs> that wasn't really how that went down. Um, and so I filled out the application and they sent me an email and, um, the woman who actually wrote the program, uh, set up a Skype interview very much like we're talking right now and, uh, you know, asked me about my background and, you know, of course I always say that I, and because I love being a dental assistant, I did. And I always put that out there and um, how that was my foundation for hygiene school. Mm. 
Um, and so she goes, okay, blah, blah, blah. And she said, well, um, I'd like to give you a call back in about a week. And I said, sure. And she called me back and she said, um, I wanted to ask you something. And I said, certainly. And she said, um, I'd like to know if you would consider being the program chief. And <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I can remember sitting in my car and I'm listening to her and I am totally overwhelmed. And the first thing I'm thinking in my head is, Danny, don't say yes. Even though you probably are going to, don't say it right this moment. And I told her, it takes a whole lot of willpower. Girl, okay. <laughs> I didn't know I had that much willpower, frankly. And so I, I asked her if I could think about it. And she said, absolutely. And I said, thank you so much for considering me. And I hung the phone up. And I cried. Mm. And I said, Lord, do you really mean that for me? Um, and I went to my mom and I cried <laughs> and I truly prayed about it, um, fervently and after about a week and I spoke with, um, some people that I trust and I said, yeah, that I would go. One of the things that made me say yes is I kept thinking, um, I, I think to have to ask yourself what if is the worst question in the world to ever have to ask yourself. Even if I fail, it's all right. Because I'll never have to ask myself, what if I had gone? What if? And then the other question becomes, what if I succeed? What about that? And so I, um, I said, yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I went and I, I mean, people thought I was crazy because Again, I had been in my house maybe two years. It was a house that I wanted, you know, and I had a great job. I was doing what I love. And everybody was like, well, what are you going to do with your house? I said, I'm not selling it. I can tell you that. <laughs> and, you know, I packed up my house and gave a few things away. The rest is history. Um, the rest is pretty much history. I'm grateful that I have the kind of family that I have. Um, I'm grateful that I have a wonderful man in my life who is not afraid of the person that that I am becoming. Um, even though I got a few gray hairs, I'm still becoming somebody. And I hope that I am until I leave this world, frankly. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, I have a wonderful, wonderful amazing church family. Um, and so uh, they wrapped their arms around me and sent me on my way. And uh, my plan was to stay for three years. And I ended up staying for approximately four months. Mm -hmm. And it was probably the hardest, most amazing four months of my life. It's certainly right up there. Um, it was stressful. It was 
so much at once. But I did what I thought was the best that I could do in the time frame that I was there. Mm-hmm. Um, I left because it was the it was a partnership between a private company out of Canada and uh, the University of Technology in Kingston. And the problem was not the university. It was the private company mm-hmm. who was responsible for paying us. Um, and when I say us, I mean all of the international faculty, not just me. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And uh, you get one time to play with my cash. I don't send emails. I don't call your mama. I don't send memos. <laughs> you, girl, okay, and for as much as I can run my mouth, I can hold my card so close to my best girlfriend, you don't even know I have cards in my hand. Okay. <laughs> Okay. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. So you were just in Jamaica, weren't you? Yes, I was. Were you there? I was. And I was there, girl. This is how God does stuff. It has been seven years since I left. And I got a call um, back in the spring. Um, One of my former students who is now my colleague over there, uh, is on the board who was putting together the um, oral health symposium and invited me to come back as a speaker. And I did four CE courses at the oral health symposium. And so that's why I was there. That is awesome. That is awesome. So you went from dental assisting, expanded function, you were a director of a dental assisting program. You were um, faculty at Howard University. You then worked and developed, worked in administrative level at an international dental hygiene program. You're back now in the States. You're adjunct at Fortis, and you are a speaker. So let the listeners know, like, what, you know, what kind of drove you in that route of speaking and being willing to share your message now? Uh, to professional hygienists? Um, I, because, you know, I've always felt like it can't be just about me. Mm-hmm. That's probably why I'm in healthcare. Mm-hmm. All right. And um, I, I firmly believe that I'm very comfortable um, in that setting. Um, it started out with me just wanting to teach and then in you know how you have that secret place in your heart Mm -hmm. and in my secret place I always wanted to be a motivational speaker but I never quite knew quite how to do it and so I just continued to teach and I've even had students who have said to me Miss Susan you really should be a motivational speaker and I just smile (laughs) (laughs) and you know it just was one of those things that kind of evolved. Mm-hmm. And this most recent trip to Jamaica, um, the last CE course that I taught allowed me to really know that I actually can do this. Mm-hmm. Um, because it was on, um, it was basically about team building within the dental practice. And um, I talked, I talk about how, um, 
dentistry is probably the one of the most team-oriented professions um, out there, mm-hmm. and how each member is the the most important part of the equation is the patient. It is not Doctor Wonderful. It's not hygienist Wonderful. It's not assistant Wonderful. It's <laughs> it's not office manager Wonderful. It's the patient. And that each member brings something important to the table, and we each need the other one to be successful. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. And then at the very end, I told a little bit of my story, uh, just enough for it to make, a, for it to make sense. Right. Uh, and it was... It was the first time when I really felt like, you know what, I can actually do this. <laughs> and so um, it was, it was quite, it was quite the trip. It was, um, it was amazing in that one that I was invited back, which confirmed that the university understood why I left, and they understood the the way that I left Um, and that they welcomed me back with open arms and I mean treated me truly like a rock star and I mean I was I was it was like every time I turned I was hugging this one and somebody else was tapping me on the shoulder and it was it was amazing it was absolutely amazing and so, you know, I'm starting a journey, another journey, you know. I and think that's, uh, it's so inspirational. It's so inspirational to see. And you're even you're pursuing your master's degree right now. Yes, I am. And yes, I, think I am. It's wonderful. Mm-hmm. I think it's wonderful. Yeah, yeah. I, I definitely. You know, you gotta keep growing. Mm-hmm. All right. You have to keep growing, and if you're not, then why are you still on the planet? You know. Absolutely. Um, I, I got to keep doing stuff. So, you know, I'm tempting clinically because I got to I got to pay my mortgage. But <laughs> shelter. What you think? <laughs> but I'm also um, I'm also teaching, and I'm also a CDCA examiner for dental hygiene as well. Oh wow, that is um, so cool. Yeah, that happened this year. I'm so grateful, and that's also something that I've always wanted to do, and it finally came through this year. So, um, that's a big deal. That is so yeah. cool. Yeah, it is cool. I'm pretty. I was pretty excited about it. I've actually I did my first exam back in the spring, and it was so cool. Um, and it was so interesting being on the other side of it. Um, and it really helped me to appreciate uh, the anonymity that that they need to keep. Exactly. Um, and it was it was it was wonderful. I really really enjoyed it, and I'm looking forward to doing that for a nice long time. Because see, that's something you can do to your old and great. Right. You know. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I can travel and go and do a little something something, and then I can come on back home. Yep, yep, yep. I have a, um, I heard briefly just little tidbits from it from a previous co-worker of mine who is with the Maryland State Board and she's done that. So it's mm-hmm. pretty neat that 
what goes behind the scenes. Of course, as faculty, you kind of see some of the examiners, but you're not really allowed to go down into right. that area when the exam is going on. Exactly. Um, so I definitely have seen some of them, like, you know, when they're leaving, as they're leaving. But it's yeah. something else. It's very incredible. So, yeah. all right, these are my last two questions for you. Okay. Here's my last, my first, my second to last question is, what is the best career advice you've ever been given? Wow. You know, I will tell you the best career advice I have was ever given was given to me by my mom. And I was quite the little girl. And she looked at me, I guess I was probably like eight. So my brothers would have been like 10 and probably 11 and 12. And she used to say all the time, you spend too much time preparing for and at work to be unhappy. Pick something that you like. She said it early and often. And I really took it to heart. And I love what I do so much. I cannot imagine being in any other profession other than this one. Mm -hmm. That's some good advice right there. That yeah. is some good advice. All right. Girl, and she said that thing early and often. Mm -hmm. <laughs> For that to and, make an impression on you at such a young age, that is powerful. So what is the last book you've read? Girl, probably a textbook. It's so sad. <laughs> <laughs> it's so sad, but it's so true. Okay. Oh, we it was that. nothing that anybody <laughs> wants to read, all right? That is the one thing I have to say that I have got to start doing more of because I'm, I'm just, it's always a textbook. I hate to say that. Yeah, yeah. I've, well, I use Audible because I just cannot read um, with a hard copy book like I used to. Um, I have to be on the go. Um, so I, the book that I'm currently reading now is High Performance Habits, written by Brenda Bouchard. Um, he talks about some common habits and themes for exceptional leaders. And what was interesting was he actually had a section in there, which is, these. this is all the stuff that we already know. You know, mm -hmm. he's writing exactly what we already know. Mm -hmm. um, but he talked about the true success and how it's aligned with being well physically, spiritually, and mentally. And he talked about the physical aspect. Mm -hmm. And he was stating, which is what I'm struggling with right now in grad school, is, you know, you cannot be truly successful if mm -hmm. you are not healthy. Amen. And it was just like, it's like, I knew this already, but like hearing that was like almost an epiphany. Yep. Because that is the absolute truth. And I'm like, wow, the way he broke it down, he was just talking about like getting enough sleep, you know, not putting junk in our body, mm. exercising 30 minutes out of the day. And I've been focusing mostly on mental, just yeah. creating my mindset that I need mm -hmm. for growth mm -hmm. and I just and I just was like whoa you know this is I know I need to get it together but it's also ultimately so that I can be truly successful in all aspects that's right. of my life right. so that was that. that's what I'm currently reading right now um, but 
get hooked up with Audible. And I, I promise I will because I, I know. Be to join in. Yeah, because I, I, <laughs> I know I needed to give a better answer than that, but that is the absolute <laughs> truthful answer, okay? I could have named the book that I read about seven years ago, but I, I mean, you know. You <laughs> <laughs> and I, one thing I have to say to you before we end this, is your ears really should have been burning while I was in Jamaica because I talked about you at least three or four times. Oh, my because, goodness. Because, yes, girl, because you need to go to Jamaica with me. They've already invited me back for next year, so you have to go with me. What? I've never been to Jamaica. Never been. What? Mm-mm. Girl, mm-mm-mm. Okay, well, we'll talk, but you definitely need to be at the symposium next October. That sounds good. That sounds good. Well, and if, I will. I'm sorry, I'll email you the. I'll email you the date. Yes, yes. Do that. Do that. Um, now, if listeners want to get in contact with you, how can um, they reach you? Well, they can email me, and my email is d like David l d like David o u g like George a n like Nelly four one two at gmail.com. Awesome. So I will put that email address in our show notes. And so I just want to let everyone know just a small amount of time I've been with Danny um, in person. She made an impact on me. And so certainly if you are looking for a speaker, um, if you're looking for someone to instill some motivation and inspire you, I definitely would reach out to her. Um, I really do appreciate you being a part of this podcast and sharing a bit of your journey. I know it was kind of hard to talk about it in less than 40 minutes, <laughs> <laughs> um, but I definitely think that you've shed some some pearls in this interview that I think will definitely make an impact. I literally felt like I needed to just stop, you know, as you were t- t- talking about um, the what ifs. And yeah. so I really appreciate you joining this podcast, Danny. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited, and um, I'm hopeful that we uh, will get to do some things together um, because I think that um, that you are also um, a force. Um, I felt I knew it before I walked in that room, and I really had wanted to sign up for one of your CEs that you were doing in the summer in Baltimore. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But um, at the time, um, a family member was making her transition, and mm-hmm. it was just too much going on. Mm-hmm. So the night that I came, I was determined. I said, I don't care that I'm late. I'm still coming because this chick has a blessing for me. I just felt it. And um, so I'm grateful. And uh, I'm glad that we've connected, and uh, we'll keep make sure to keep the connection. You, my dear, I'm with you.